Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. This is Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm going to have a little theme running through today, which is going to end with a bigger discussion on those unfinished objects that we have. So listen in each each time as I'm going along, you're going to want to catch up on that. So I'm super excited. I get to talk to Barbara Pershing again. She has been on the show before, not for not for a while, so that's why. It's like we got to catch up. Barbara and I met over Orifil Thread. This, that's like a perfect way to meet, right, Barbara? <laughs> uh, I always say it was a great way to meet. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're like uh, both working with the Orifil company like way back. You must have started. I mean, were you like getting your thread right from Italy? Because you were one of the first people to use it. Um, I wasn't getting it right from Italy because that would have made it crazy difficult because I'm always a last minute type of person. (laughs) Um, But I certainly was one of the first users of it. Um, And it really just came out of necessity, and once I started using it, that was it. I loved it. And it was because of all of their um, their tones and their shades, which is what I was Unless looking I for. Unless I go in and press mm-hmm. one of the buttons. Now, were you using that primarily inputs, for your long arming? Is that how you first sort of discovered it? Yeah. I wasn't even using it for piecing at the, at the oh. beginning. I was using it um, strictly for long arm quilting um, when I was working on... Well, more pictorial type of quilts where I really needed very, very specific thread colors, and they were the ones that okay. had such a big variety. So I, I yeah, it was, it, um, off, it was very interesting because anything. I started using it because I mean, Alex Farinelli contacted me. You know, and he's like, can I send you some thread? Okay, you and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah. That's all <laughs> like, I, I don't know I'm who you are, but go ahead. Yeah, free stuff is always good. <laughs> right, right. I'll try it. I'll try anything if you want to send it along. So you have the most gorgeous applique. You were one of our first designer of the month um, for Orifil program that I run. And, you know, we featured your work. And, you know, we've been catching up ever since. And your applique is what I I just adore. Do you ever do patchwork? Um, You know, in the very beginning, I think we all learn um, Mm -hmm. the basics. Um, when my sister and I first started our company, when we did fours and six designs, everything we did in the beginning was actually a type of patchwork in that it was what we called stratus. Some people refer to it as string quilting, but we didn't use a foundation. Um, we called it stratus, which was a way for us to incorporate our love of many, many fabrics. And everything we did in the beginning was um, peace. And it wasn't until um, we were well into that part of our our, our pattern business that applications started to start popping up in my thoughts so about what I wanted to put me. on the quilts that we were designing. They didn't seem finished. Uh-huh. I just started mm-hmm. to lean towards um, applique no designs just what you, what, what was organically, I guess you could say. Well, it, for me, because I also like to applique a lot, is it, you get a much different freedom of form. You can build your What's in your head well, to I me is a lot easier one. if you could just draw it. <laughs> I just don't think we should ever yes. touch one or two. Absolutely. So why don't you why don't you tell yeah, me a little bit about what you're doing right now? Because you have a whole series um, uh, of orchard I mean, things, and they're a, just it's kind of amazing. I love them. Now. Well, um, 
I now have the pattern companies um, to myself. <laughs> My sister has retired, and, you know, I don't know why she thought she could do that, but she did. Um, and ever since we did Full Bloom, um, which was our first large applique project that we did as a block of the month, um, I've kind of been working with some seasonal ideas. The Orchard Quilt is really an applique idea that's been floating around in my head for a long time. Um, and I had no idea what the quilt would look like, and I don't use a computer. I, um, I sketch. No, because you know, r- isolate, really rough ideas. Um, yeah, I mean, I can. And fine. the colors that came out in that quilt were just generated by the fruits themselves, which the, was a great way to I mean, to drive the project isolated. with the apples and then the oranges, um, lemons, pears, and grapes. And I usually work from my original photography, which I'm not a good mm. photographer. We're talking really basic. <laughs> Photographs, because you can take any basic photograph and create as much depth or as little depth as you want in your applique design. That's neat. You know, I hadn't really, I haven't worked from photographs because my stuff's less realistic looking. Not that yours is so realistic, but it, yours is more so than mine. Uh, but you do, you do a variety because you have more simplistic shapes and more detailed shapes. You can get that detail from the photo that helps you see the where to put it. Do we lose Barbara? Yeah, no, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. I just lost, yeah. That's okay. I just lost the end of that. Um, I think that what makes everyone yeah, um, really fun. good in their art is, is experimentation. I, I mean, I can't do mm-hmm. And my really detailed work um, came out first. And now I'm starting to also enjoy um, simple shapes. And that's where I went into I a second type of applique, which is basically a fused and a blanket stitch. And again, Orphil Thread was there for me because they're matching threads and um, really finish off the project. So I don't think we have to be any one thing, and that's the fun part about our our um, our art and and quilting. It's, there's something there for everybody. That that is so true because if you like detail, or then maybe the next time you don't want detail. You know, you're making a you know something. That's whimsical, so you don't want to have a lot of detail. Right. Now, tell you talk tell about me a little bit about the applique that you like to do. You use, yeah. you use yeah. a term called edge coloring. What is that? Edge coloring uh, applique. So what so we designed was an applique that was glue-based and not fused. And this mm-hmm. is when you're looking uh, at um, my more detailed and realistic-looking applique projects. Okay. And the reason we... Uh, the reason I went with uh, glue-based it is because when then when you quilted it, it has great definition. Where if you fuse many layers, um, it would get flat. And because I'm a long-arm quilter, my first love was long-arm. My first love is the texture you get from quilting. So I was trying to work a technique that would still give me that end result. Mm-hmm. So all the pieces are glued down along the edges, and you have to... Be patient and put a nice fine bead of glue around the edge, and we use Roxanne's glue-based it. And then the edge is sewn down with thread, but instead of using a traditional blanket stitch or even a satin stitch, mm-hmm. we use what we call edge coloring. So it's just a straightforward and reverse, 
and you're filling the edge of the applique almost like you would be using a crayon to color along the edge. Oh, neat. So you're working in maybe one and a half to two inch sections at a time and you're just mm-hmm. going forward and reverse and you're filling that in with um, a, what I like to say, messy thread edge and because mm-hmm. the shapes are organic, it, it's perfect. So when you're doing that, are you doing it with um, your, you know, back and forward on your machine, you know, the button, or are you doing it free motion? Well, when we first started, um, I would do it with the forward and reverse button because I've never machine quilted on my domestic machine. Oh. But I did <laughs> you get brave enough to drop <laughs> those feed dogs and found yeah. that because you're working in such a short little um, space, that the free motion when you drop your feed dogs because you're only moving it uh, forward and backwards, the fabric and the the fabric piece before you're quilting. And so that makes it real simple. So now I teach on domestic with their feed dogs down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got brave. There we go. You can do it. <laughs> That's right. You just have to be brave and just be happy and, and be messy, and it's better that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, so let's change talk about color a little bit, uh, you know, for a couple minutes because you I, – I love how you use color. So some people become a little afraid of or just um, – they seem timid. Maybe they're like, oh, I don't know. Do these, you know, work? Do these go together? You know, what, what do you tell um, students or the people who write you about how to sort of get friendly with color? Well, I think that um – for me, color became intuitive, and I trusted my gut. But there are some great tools out there. Um, one of the first classes that I, I ever took was with um, Joan Wolfram, who most people in the mm-hmm. quilting industry know. And she has a great little color wheel tool. So if you're saying to yourself, wow, I really love to work with purple, if you look at her tool, that's a great way for you to see what the best compliments for that are. Mm-hmm. But once so. you start putting together your collection, then I think you have to trust yourself and look at, and I always spread all my fabrics out, like I'll pile up all my fat quarters and look to see um, what, what ones are jumping out at me and do I want them to jump out. What am I trying to accent? Um, but a good color wheel is um, can be a best friend to someone who's struggling with where to start with color. And I think people underestimate their own first instinct. You know, Absolutely. They'll like, yeah, they'll like something and then they'll be like second guessing themselves for three days and then go back to the first yes. thing. <laughs> yes, and I think putting the fabrics together and, and building a pile, um, mm-hmm. when we first worked with Strata, Strata was about using a lot of fabric. I think if you're taught in the beginning of quilting, um, a lot of quilters started out with, you know, three colors, a light, a medium, mm-hmm. and a dark. Yeah. I think as soon as you start to get away from combinations and go to larger combinations, your, your um, confidence grows. Okay, we only have about 30 seconds, Barbara. What, okay, UFOs, unfinished objects, do you have any? Oh, God, of course. I'm a long-arm <laughs> quilter. I work for everybody but myself. So actually, my UFOs are quilt tops that are all done and waiting to be quilted. 
that's that's pathetic. That's I know. I am even worse. I am worse. Those of you listening at the very end of the show, I will confess how many I have when I have Roseanne on. Uh, so <laughs> I don't want to count. I never want to count them. <laughs> right, right. I know it's scary, Barbara. This has been <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for being with me. And thanks for having me. It was just it was a joy. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Get six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects, but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. You can visit Barbara at par- Barbara Persing, P-E-R-S-I-N-G dot com. All right. We're going to switch gears and we're going to talk probably a bit more patchwork than we did applique with Debbie McGinnis, who runs Piecing the Past. She has gorgeous, gorgeous quilts. Debbie, I am just thrilled, 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 thrilled to talk to you. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Now, you know, you run your um, business with your daughter, Maggie McGinnis. Um, How did you actually sort of get started in designing your own projects? I mean, did you start making your own designs right away? Um, Well, I've never been one actually to use a pattern, and so I have always designed my own quilts. But in terms of for the business, um, really in earnest, I started in about 2012, and that was just in um, the process of the, the business. We learned that what um, what would work for our business was to have the uh, free block of the week. We call them block of the week projects that we offer through our website. And so I'm constantly designing for those. Yeah, it's a lot of work when you design something for every every week. Um, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have to be like on your toes all the time, don't you, Debbie? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So when you first learned to quilt, was have you been quilting a long time before you decided to sort of go into designing as a business? Yes, I started, well, my first quilt was in 1983, and mm-hmm. um, then I had a family, raised children, and most of the sewing I did was for them. And then in the uh, 90s, late 90s, I started in again. And um, then in much more earnest uh, about 2012. 
Yeah. So what, what is your um, sort of design process uh, for projects? Because you also do applique. Your current um, <clears throat> sew-along is applique, but you have a whole variety of things, and you use a lot of very traditional colors. What's, what's your process? Well, usually I'm inspired by an antique quilt, a photo of an antique quilt. And um, when I see something that I love, I just ask myself, what is it that makes me love it? Is it the blocks? Is it the setting? Is it open space, color? And then once I get a bead on that, I start playing with blocks and setting ideas in my quilting software. Mm -hmm. And from there, I... just go into our shop and pull bolts from the shelves and the colors that I want to use to create my palette and then finalize the design with those chosen fabrics. You know, Debbie, I think that's a really interesting statement that you look at a piece and then then you want to know why do you like it because that helps you figure mm-hmm. things out. It, it really does. And when I finally realized that was um, was what I needed to do, it kind of broke things open for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I sometimes look at things and I'll say, you know, I'll do that, but I hadn't really thought about that's what I was doing. And I bet a lot of people do it. They'll look at something and they'll say, oh, yeah, I like that part. But it helps you see that yeah. you have almost like a personality then of what you like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So when you're doing applique, what, um, what method do you personally like to use? Well, <clears throat> that's that's kind of a fun story, actually. I... Um, I use Simple K, uh, the Simple K method, which is something that uh, we designed ourselves, Maggie and I did. Um, I always loved the look of applique, but when it came to needle turning, I would just go to pieces when I would try to do it. I could never get it the way I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we started using, um, you know, mylar shapes and circles, you know, to, to do circle shapes and so forth. And then thought, you know, why not use other shapes too? And so we um, we started doing that on our own, just with um, heavyweight mylar, <clears throat> and then decided that we wanted to offer that to other people as well. And so we um, have manufactured for us the um, the sets that we that we offer. And um, the thing that I like so much about it is that. The, the mylar shapes being heat resistant heavyweight mylar, you can use them in a number of ways. You can trace around them to uh, cut your shapes out and then you can run a um, basting stitch around the outside edge and cinch it down, cinch your fabric shapes down around those mylar shapes and then spray with best press, press them and voila, you have a shape that stays in, in its shape and you don't have to um, mess with it once you've got it done. You can just stitch it down. So that that is our process, and we we just love it. And everything we design, I use the pieces to design as well. So I, you know, I have never really tried it that way to do the running stitch around the back. When do you? Um, so you see, when you do the best press, you use it to sort of crease crease that edge around the mylar. Do you soak it a lot or just a little bit? How much does it take? Um, just a good spray. It doesn't have to be soaking, soaking, but um, enough to dampen the fabric because the best press relaxes the fibers, mm-hmm. and then the cinching will hold it in shape. While and then with the pressing, it just you know makes sure that the fibers stay where they are, and then you can just pop that little mylar piece out, and your and your shape is is there. It's not going to change. 
gorgeous, gorgeous. You have the most beautiful snowflake block with these um, smaller oh. <laughs> shapes. Oh, that, that is actually so came from a 30s quilt. Yeah. Yeah, it is so <clears throat> gorgeous. I did um, a snowflake that was, you know, there's those, there are those snowflake quilts from the 30s. You're, we're probably visualizing the same one. I've, I saw one like on a light green with white snowflakes <laughs> that I did yeah. snowflakes on a project that was pretty much based on that. It, they're just so pretty. Um, and yours uh -huh. has like a flower in the middle almost. Very neat. Yeah. When you actually Good. adhere it to the background, Debbie, are you doing that by hand or are you doing that by machine? Yes. I do it by hand. Um, it can be done by machine, too, as long as the pieces aren't super tiny. But, yes, I do hand applique. Okay. Yay. You could also do it by machine for those who love to do that. Um, it's really good for that invisible stitch because it's already yes. all turned under for you. Now, one of the things you also do is uh, provide a lot of kits. You were talking about going into your workspace where you have, um, you know, all your fabric bolts. So, you know, how yes. often do you provide kits for your projects? Well, we run uh, four big block of the week projects each year seasonally, um, mm -hmm. and we provide kits for all of those um, if people want them. They don't have to. Um, the, the block of the week projects are completely free. People can sign up on our website for them, and the uh, patterns come on Monday mornings uh, during the course of the project. And... Um, so there's no obligation. You don't have to buy anything. But some people like to have the same fabric that we use in, in our um, model, and so we do provide those um, as, uh, you know, for, yeah. for people who would like them. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty much what the ongoing ones are, and then maybe whatever, didn't, whatever you had kitted that didn't sell, they could get some back ones. So you're not, like, keeping a huge inventory of older ones. No, no, we don't, generally, we usually sell out of them, and um, if we don't, then we, if we've cut ahead, which we don't do a lot, we try to cut on demand, <clears throat> excuse me, to prevent that, but um, uh, yeah, we're usually out of them, um, but we do, I mean, like, that's not the only thing we do, we run monthly clubs, too, we have um, a fat quarter club, and uh, mini piece quilts, and mini applique quilts, and we kit for all those as well, and they're all the same as the, the uh, model as well. Oh, okay. So that's great. So you're like running, you're pretty much like an, an online store. So you have all this stuff going on because you also have, they can just like, if they see a fabric that you're using, you might have that just where they could buy that piece of fabric. Yes. Very yeah, cool. For sure. Very cool. So you were telling me there's um, about, what was it? You had a sunbonnet Sue that entered your life at one point. What was that about? Oh, yes. My mother's aunt in 1938 or so um, made her a sunbonnet Sue quilt. It ended up at our family cabin in the Sierra Mountains in California, and I slept under it um, during my childhood. We sold the cabin. <clears throat> the quilt disappeared and then reappeared in my grandfather's barn a number of years later. And um, I rescued it, took it home. Um, it was not in the greatest of shapes, so I took it apart. And inside I found that my great-aunt had used um, a flannel sheet with old sweaters, wool sweaters, that had been opened up. You know, this is Depression era, yeah, and yeah. Um, they, they were attached to the, the flannel sheet. And so I took that out, and I restored it. And um, in that process, I um, met the quilt group, the local quilt group, 
uh, to which I now belong. And they helped me with things that I might be able to do to help restore that quilt. And it's been a wonderful alliance ever since. I love the group. <laughs> so. That is such a cool story. Not only did you refine it um, and discover a cool inside, but then you met a whole group of people. That is, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, best. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. How does one quilt make you have a whole bunch of new friends? You know, exactly. Uh, so where are you, where is your group, your quilt group at? Is it local to your town then? Is this, you know, like a physical group that you meet with? Yes, yes, it's in, okay. in our in our hometown here in Chehalis, yeah. Very cool. Now, your facility is just primarily online. You don't have a walk-in or anything? That is correct. That is okay. correct. We um, we just have an online presence. I mm-hmm. am not able to interact with the public a lot because of some health issues that I have, and so we've chosen to just keep it as an online business. That's cool. I just want anybody walking up to your door, peeking in the... Right, <laughs> Yeah. peeking in the window going Debbie we heard you so uh, yeah <laughs> so I have this underlying theme of UFOs Debbie um today yes, do, you, sure. do you have do you sure. have any do you have any unfinished projects um yes I have unfinished projects <laughs> um I because I have to design four major quilts a year and now twenty four small ones. Um, mm-hmm. You can imagine that I can't quite keep up with finishing everything. Um, so I, I do have a number of them. Some are waiting for my uh, wonderful long arm quilter, and some that have to be hand quilted. I love to hand quilt. Some that you know I just have to do are waiting in line, and um, I. You know, I do just the Civil War um, genre of, of quilts. That's that's what our shop focuses on. And so um, I have my stack. I'm looking at it, my stack of, of all those beautiful muted colors waiting for me. Yes, I know. And we, we are all makers. I think we all just love to make yeah. new things. You know, it it's yeah. brings us, makes me happy to make something new. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Creativity keeps me going. <laughs> yes. So we have about 30 seconds. Do you have any, do you have one more thing you wanted to, to share? Sure. I just wanted to let, let our listeners know today that we have a special. If you want to come to our website, sign up for our um, current block of the week project, which we, um, it started last week, but we will be able to um, still get all the, the parts of it to you for free. Um, and, Anybody listening, uh, we have a, a, a discount for you if you order and use the, the code PODCAST2020 in caps. Um, you'll get a 20% discount on your order, and that will run through Sunday the 20th of January. Debbie, that is marvelous. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, Pat. Everybody can visit Debbie at PiecingThePastQuilts.com. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jody Sanders, Group Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. 
For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcase. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQ Quilt Along to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. All right, look on your bookshelves. Look in your fabric stash. You probably have, if not one piece, many, many pieces from Nancy Halverson of Art to Hand. Uh, Nancy has been doing gorgeous fabric and amazing projects for a few years now. And I'm so lucky that I caught up with her at the trade show and convinced her to come and talk to me. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm great, Pat. It's great to be here today. You know what? Would you tell me a little bit about your background? You know how you um, how you started making. Did you start? Are you an artist by trade first? Well, I think I've always been interested in art and making and crafting since I was very young, and that's something that I've always loved doing. So, when you first learned to quilt, were you? Um, sort of taking it off on your own spin, you know, since you really like to make things? Well, I've been sewing for a long time, and this was after I was married. I had a friend that um, was teaching a quilting class for hand quilting, Mm -hmm. putting together a quilt, and that's where I really delved into the quilting area as far as creating goes. So do you still hand quilt? Um, I don't hand quilt just because who has time? (laughs) I know. I know. It's like I gave that up as fast as I could. I was like, okay, where's the machine? That's like, although I can do it. Once once she told me about it, I decided there's got to be a quicker way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So when you started your business uh, designing what what year was that? Well, um, I started my business in 1992, and I had always been making things for myself, designing my own things, sewing them for my home, and had so many people say to me, where did you get that pattern? I want that oh. pattern. And I would just say, well, it's not a pattern. I just made it up. So mm-hmm. in, in 1992, we built a new home, and I wanted to earned some money to furnish and decorate it, as I love to do. And so I thought um, I might try my hand at publishing some of my own patterns. And all through high school and college, I worked for a printer, so I knew that whole side of it. And that's 
really how I got started. Wow, that that is really a nice thing to already know, is because you've you've self published everything, all of your books, right? I have from the beginning wow. for yeah, for twenty seven years. I've published <laughs> self published. Wow, wow. Do do you know how many books? I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I have published fifty three books <sighs> in the oh. years since I started my business, and sixty four individual patterns on top of that. So I've been busy. You have been busy. You have been, it's just, how many a year? Were you doing like two a year? Um, two, sometimes three, and one year, four books in a uh, year. Just about uh, killed me that year. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that is hard, that many. I did three, I think, one year with a publisher. So it wasn't even, you know, I had them even. It was like, ah, that's a lot. Okay. So when did you add the, the fabric component to your um, quilt pattern design business, your book business? So I, I started um, attending Quilt Market in 1994, and then I was approached by Benertex in 97, or maybe 96. Mm. I was approached, came out with my first fabric line in 97, and was thrilled at the prospect of being able to design exactly what I wanted to use in my quilts instead of being on a constant search and knowing in my mind what I wanted and never finding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the sort of magical component, isn't it, to a designer, being able to pick out exactly what you want. Do you, do you draw, how many, okay, so how many lines have you done for Benertex? I, I don't know exactly. I think it's around mm-hmm. 32 fabric lines. <laughs> ah! Kind of lose track through all the years. Right, right. It's like, did you keep track of that stuff in the beginning or at some point did you think, I need to go write this down so I know what I did? <laughs> Obviously, I didn't write it down because I don't know exactly how many, but yeah, just that's the way I am. It's like I had to at one point. It. Yeah, at one point I'm like, what did I? What have I been? What has I done? What have I done? I got to write this down. <laughs> exactly. So your your books are. I mean, I've you know I have your books from probably some of the ones from the beginning because a local shop uh, carried them all, and that's where I get introduced to your work. Uh, so what what about your style? Tell me a little bit about the a little about the evolution of it. Well, I think I would call my style uh, whimsical but classy, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm I'm known for my fun applique, and I have always loved decorating my home for the seasons and for the holidays, and so that's kind of how I started out. A, a lot of my patterns are for holidays or seasonal or calendar quilts because when I decorate my home, I like to change it up all the time. I get tired if it always looks the same. <laughs> you have what my mother calls the decorating gene. That is a... <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did some interior decorating before I started my ah. pattern business. But that's, I had four little kids, and that's not a stay-at-home mom job. No, no. That's a, you've got to really hunt for stuff, particularly before the Internet, where you know you couldn't even... Get you know you had to really get in the car and go places to find things. I mean your books though you can tell the styling of your photos are so gorgeous. There's always a lot of you always do a variety of sizes. That's what I like. There's smaller things, medium, larger size. Tell me about the newest book called Homegrown. 
Okay, my new book out is called Homegrown, and this is a book that's all about family. And I haven't mm. really done a book about family before, so I really love doing it. In my books, I like to, first of all, I like to give positive messages and uplifting things that are uplifting because I think there's a lot, there's plenty of the opposite out there in the mm-hmm. world. And um, so this book, when I when I do a book, I try to do a little something for everybody. So there's uh, larger quilt projects that are more complicated, and then I also put in some easier projects and quick finish on the weekend projects. So there's something for everybody from experienced to beginner. And, that you know. Uh, that's the part that I really like is that, you know, somebody can look at this and if there's, you only have a little bit of time, you have like a small project. Like in this book, you have the mom's mini quilt, which is just so cute. Is that full of buttons? It is buttons. I, I've always loved from the beginning embellishing my quilts with buttons or trims or sewing something dimensional. I just think it, it makes it fun to have that and love those buttons. Yeah, yeah. You were known for buttons, I think. You you were probably putting them on way early. You yeah. sold them like like you could get like little kits of buttons to go with your projects. Yes, I've been doing buttons pretty much from the beginning, back before anybody else was doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Now, can I ask a question about uh, some of the like in this particular book, there's a beautiful script, you know, like, is, you know, like the writing, it might say sunshine or whatever it says that looks like, you know, a script. Is that um, hard to trace out? I mean, is there any tip for that? Because they're skinny. Right. I, I try to make them not so skinny that you can't, <laughs> that you can't cut them. But um, I just cut them out with my regular sewing scissors I don't you know okay. as long as they're sharp mm-hmm. and then um, if there's a little like the inside of a letter I fold it over and do a little snip to get the scissors in there and then and then just go to town okay that's a that's actually a good tip because something like the letter O where it's script writing and the O has like a little bit of an oval that has to come so when you fold that you you're sort of like not poking it then you can just cut it like in the right. middle and then I and then fold, I fold it right where that little opening is and just do mm-hmm. a little snip and then you can get the tip of your scissors in mm-hmm. to cut out those small areas so, so are you using full applique then for those because you wouldn't it, they're kind of too thin to cut away some. Right, right. Yeah. On the wording, okay. I do. On the wording. Full how about applique. your other? How about the other applique? Do you do you do if, full or? If there are larger pieces of applique, I like to cut out the center of the applique film and just leave like a quarter of an inch of the applique film around the outside edge. And that way, mm-hmm. especially if you're putting several layers on, it still stays nice and soft. It doesn't get stiff. Mm-hmm. Well, let's oh, talk about the fabric for this one. Can we do that? Sure. Uh, because uh, when you, so I'm curious, are you drawing, sort of drawing out what the quilts are and then designing the fabric, or does it go the other way? Well, I have to do the fabric so far in advance of when the book comes out that mm-hmm. I have in mind, kind of in the back of my mind, what what I'm going to do with the fabric, but I, mm-hmm. I actually uh, draw the fabric out, design the fabric first before I start the project. But mm-hmm. 
being a quilter for so long, I know that I need some large-scale prints, some, you know, breast prints, some background prints, some stripes, mm-hmm. some, you know, just to add the different textures and things that I like that are going on in a quilt. So I pretty much know what I'm going to want and what I'm going to need. Yeah, so like for me, so like you need green because you're going to have leaves and stems, Mm -hmm. you know, that, yeah, yeah. You did a beautiful sort of um, medium, well, like a little darker than medium uh, gray for this uh, palette. Uh, Did you have a a shade that you were like had in your head? I knew that I wanted to try with uh, this medium gray in the background instead of a light color just because I love the way that colors pop mm-hmm. on, you know, the medium gray mm-hmm. background. So, yes, I did. I knew designing that that's where I was headed with this. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had that plan already that, you know, this is all going to pop off of that color or, you know, right. a, go- a goal going in. Cool, 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 cool. I, I love I just hearing. I feel like it's rich and warm, but mm-hmm. th- but different. You know, I like I said, I like to change things up. And what is the name of the fabric line? Is it the same name as the book? Yes, it's also called Homegrown. Okay, perfect. People can look for that from Benner Tex. It's not out quite yet, is it? It's just I just got an email today, and it was held up at customs, but they said oh. it's going to start shipping this week. So. <laughs> Oh, exciting. Yay, exciting, exciting. Okay, so here's my question of the hour uh, for you and everybody okay. that I've asked so far. So I'm talking UFOs, uh, unfinished objects. Do you have any? I do not currently have any UFOs, I'm happy to report. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, Nancy. <laughs> you are you get crowned queen because I just don't even hardly know anybody that says, no, they don't have any. But this. That's amazing. Okay, we're going to send you one. Finished everything up before Christmas. And when I design and create, if if my life is chaos, I feel like I'm blocked. So I kind of have to get everything all organized and put away and and then start over. Well, thank you, Nancy, for being here. Well, thanks so much for having me, Pat. It was great. We'll be right back. We know our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests, listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast.
Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and now UFO chat with Roseanne Kermis. Uh, Roseanne and I have been sort of chatting back and forth about whether we have UFOs. Uh, Roseanne. <laughs> Hi, Pat. We don't have any UFOs, do we? <laughs> no, we don't have any. So, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, when I first started Roseanne, I actually didn't have them because when I, for the first, you know, many, many years, I would just sort of, I would have multiple things in progress, but I would finish them pretty much. Um, did you ever work like that? Yeah, when I, I was like you the same way when I was first doing it um, because I was afraid not to finish it because I w- was afraid I wouldn't know what to do, you know, so especially when I was learning some of those new techniques and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I taught for a long time, too. That was like when I first started getting into this, and so that forced me to finish a lot of stuff. But um, I've kind of strayed since then. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's been like a nightmare for for me. Ever since I went into business, really, it's like, what? Because I, I still make way too much. I start way too much stuff. I'm like, when do I think I'm going to finish that? You know, like, but I started anyways because that's fun. That's the fun part. Yeah, well, I, I think, yeah, the finish, uh, starting is fun. Finishing yeah. is like a relief, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, yeah, I think you know, I think a lot of people who like maybe have followed me on Instagram and Facebook know that I've been going through closets for the last year and a half and mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure out what I don't have finished and just to kind of sort things. So um, that's been my my big thing. But I'll tell you one thing that just kind of, for uh, several years, I could not find the second part to uh, a, a quilt. It was a nine-patch quilt with alternating applique blocks and an applique border. And uh, honestly, I I ripped everything apart. I ripped out things down here at work, at home, and I just could never find it. And then right before Christmas, I was looking for something in the basement, and my husband had put a whole bunch of things together that were quilt-related in a paper bag. <laughs> and I found the other part of that quilt. <laughs> so I am so happy because now I can finish it and I quit looking for it. Oh yeah, it's oh year, years, years looking. It's like, do you do you have a goal for that particular project? Like um, going to somebody? I, uh, well, you don't know. No, I'm not. It's just for myself. Um, I just okay. enjoyed it so much. It was. Uh, oh, I can't even think of who the, the company was now, but. Um, it was just something that I enjoyed. Um, I think I still like everything about it, and I think the only thing I will change is uh, an inner border and change it to a different color because I would uh, I like a better color now. But, you know, the other thing that was in that bag, and this is kind of sad, was a quilt that I had taken a class for and um, got to a point where I had made a mistake mm-hmm. and had to rip out, like, a half a dozen blocks. Mm-hmm. and I didn't finish ripping out everything and getting that whole thing straight. And now when I look at the directions, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I just remembered that I needed to rip them, but um, the, yeah. the instructions weren't really clear, yeah. and so I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that one. Hmm. Maybe you could make a pillow out of what is already done, you know? like Yeah, just... yeah it's, like, it's like well over half the quilt, oh. which is kind of sad so after what's already (laughs) (laughs) so you know that's that's i mean that's uh the disadvantage of not finishing things Mm -hmm. is pretty soon it's like you don't know how to finish them and where's the trade-off just to get rid of it or like you said make a pillow 
But um, I do find that, like, I have one that every time I go to pick it up, I can't just start it. I have to go read the directions again yep. and remember what was going on with it. Not that it's hard, but I just can't look at it and go, okay, this is the next thing I need to do. It's not that kind of a UFO. Mm-hmm. Um, so do, do you sort them at all? Like, do you have, like, categories? Um, well, when I clean out my closet here, um, I had a really big bin that was just partially filled, and in it I found um, three quilts that are totally cut out, backing, binding, everything is in there. And so I kept them in that bin, and then I added to it any other small, you know, things that would fit in there. Um, so now I know I can, like, look at my closet. I know exactly where it is. I know now what's in it. I faced out some of the the patterns on the outside, so like they, I can see through them, so I can see what's in it without opening the box and stuff. But that makes me feel a lot better, um, just just to know that that it's there and stuff. Um, I have the stack of quilts that need binding. There's like I don't know eleven that you know need binding. They're all yeah. stacked so that I know you and I have talked about that too in the past. Um, you know, it seems like it's not that hard, mm-hmm. but when you have eleven, <laughs> right. I know. Oh my gosh. I do it by machine. I don't even do no. it by hand. I mean, it's like, what's wrong with me? I could easily. I mean, I did get a. I got like three done before the end of the year. Not before you know, these, the bell rang going the on the thirty first. It's like, I was like, I am finishing this third one. Well, at least you got a couple of done, you know. But I think you know that's you know kind of asked the question too is how many are too many to keep? You know, where where's the point where you will never get them done? And then right. what do you do with them? Where do you put them? Right. Yeah, so where can people, um, when you don't want a UFO anymore, you know, like an unfinished project, you're like, I really don't love this enough to put any more effort into it. But let's say it's a top because a lot of people mm-hmm. end, stop at the top phase. They get the top mm-hmm. done and then they either don't, you know, like there's a million reasons why. But but let's let's say that top is no longer loved by you enough to put any more hours into it. Where can people what can, what can you do with it? Well, what I do sometimes when I have projects that I just need, you know, that I've lost interest in, is I will first take them to my group of friends and ask if any of them are interested. Or my sister, she's a great one for accepting unfinished things because then she'll give them away to somebody in our family because she likes to finish up stuff. Um, so that's my first uh, choice. And then after that, um, I'll donate them to, like, the church rummage sale or a thrift shop. Uh, we have a good shop nearby that uh, focuses on crafts, and so I'll take things down there. Um, I also might I'll... look around. I have a friend whose guild will take tops, and if I send the backing, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, or not, but they'll take them, and they'll quilt them at, for charity. Yes. Yeah, and I, there's a, uh, some people in our quilt guild are the same way. They'll take unfinished uh, tops like that, especially if the top is done and you don't have the rest, and they will... Uh, work together to, to, to give them away because that's, that's an important thing too. Um, my mom obviously was the same way as I am because my sister Sue is finishing up a quilt that was left from my mom that is darling, but it was all hand applique with a picket fence all around. Oh. And um, it's adorable. And uh, Sue's been working on that for <laughs> for a couple of years and she's done with it now. And, you know, but my mom didn't have a lot of unfinished ones, which is good. Um, um, she can. She's right behind Nancy then in line for. She would. I can't believe wow. that. <laughs> I know. I know. She, says she doesn't like stuff laying. You know, like 
having unfinished stuff. So it's like, man. Okay, so so I have a lot. I counted. So I will tell you now. Then we'll chat some more about things of this. But I counted. And right now, I stopped counting. Let's put it this way. At 39 unfinished projects. Uh, Which is obscene. Are these quilts then? Are they big projects? Uh, Mostly, yeah. Like lap. Or you know, in, or larger wall hangings. Yeah, not nothing tiny, really. You know, there's no. Well, they see, that's small. They're that, all. That, and, that's and my that's, problem. Is I don't have very many unfinished big things, but boy, do I have a lot of unfinished small things, especially uh, handwork things, because mm-hmm. it's not like a sewing machine where you can sit down and just buzz through it. Mm-hmm. it takes a lot more effort to finish them up. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll have I'll have plenty to do in my old age. <laughs> yeah. You know, I stopped because there are more, but they're ones that are sort of in some early stage of progress. And so mm-hmm. I decided I couldn't deal with thinking about them. I needed to decide on these 39 that are much, much further along, either almost mm-hmm. done or lots of tops or the bindings, those things. Um, so I think like for that, for people, that's a good way to approach it like I am, is like get the doable ones yeah. that don't have maybe a lot of time. And just pump them out. Just make some goals. You know, the American Patrick and Quilting has the what's the name of their Facebook group for the UFOs? Do you know the exact? Um, all, well, uh, all people quilt. I mean, oh, and it's actually American Patrick on Facebook. Um, yeah, but on their website, on all people quilt, there's that link for their their UFO uh, okay. ch- uh, challenge. So they have okay. the 2019 UFO challenge, and yeah. I can't think. Of, is this the third year? I think. Um, but the nice thing about that is. They have a list that you can print out, and you put in all your projects for there's up to 12 projects. Some people I've heard use multiple lists. I'm not that way. <laughs> and then um, Lindsay, once a month, at the beginning of the month, pulls a number. Say it's number three. You go to your list, and it's like, oh, number three, I'm gonna, this is the quilt or the project I'm going to work on to finish. And there's a lot of people that that motivation gets them done. I love looking at the photos on the oh, Facebook group um, yeah. because – those, the things that they finish are spectacular. And that makes you feel bad they were in a bag for years. Yeah. Yeah, they but, really, it is motivating to go look at their Facebook group about it. Just just type in UFO Challenge. I'll put the link yeah. on my website, too, so you can yeah. see it on my website. Um, so what about sorting, you know, like, what about keeping them, Roseanne? What have you decided about something of yours that maybe you waffled on, you decided to keep it finally? Um. The the ones that are that are cut and everything, I, I decided to keep keep those. Um, a couple of weeks, let's see, it's like in October, I came across a bag for a quilt that I had forgotten about, and I started this seven years ago, and it was going to be for my son Alex, and it was all kinds of little bugs and butterflies <laughs> and dots and things. But the, what he liked about it, it had an outdoor feeling, feeling to it, but it was really bright, and. Um, I looked, when I pulled that out, because it's a whole big, this one's in a big bag, and I looked at it, and at first I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start, and I realized the whole the whole inside is done, mm-hmm. and so all I have to do is, it has a special kind of border on it, it's a Terry Atkinson project, and all I have to do is finish that, and now that there's a baby coming into our family, um, I'm going to finish this, and that's my goal, is to have that done, either before the baby comes, or, or this summer. It's a queen-size flannel quilt. What was I thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? What were you thinking? 
Well, but at least the, the hard part is done. Theirs. They'll go, what was mom thinking? That's oh, he loves that quilt because he saw it uh, recently and he was all tickled because they hadn't told us about the baby yet. So oh. he, he, he knows that sometime now he will get that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, you have all boys. For those of you who uh, have all boys, I'm, I don't know. Like Roseanne, make you know, gives her boys quilts with flowers on them. So I don't care. Okay. They don't care. Good. <laughs> um, you know, okay, so um, you I know have, when like, when you get a, when people go out to the minute, all people quilt. Important thing. Yeah, um, we. I think I think I gave you some links to for um, yes. UFO busting for all people quilt. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them are, one was like how to keep motivated, mm-hmm. and another one was when you lose interest in quilting. I think those would be great for people to go and, and look through um, because I think that motivation is is the, the hardest part. Um, I know that um, we have a group that meets on Thursdays to stitch during the day, and there's a lot of people bringing unfinished projects to that, and um, they're always surprised how quickly they get done. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Well, Roseanne, yeah, so this many, has been fun. Th- you didn't tell me how many UFOs you have. Oh, well, okay. So in that bin, there's seven. So I'm not telling you how many embroidery and <laughs> wool applique. Oh, my gosh. All right. This, okay, so we'll let you have seven for now. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> We're all done. Okay. Roseanne. Go home and start sewing. That's right. That's right. Visit visit Roseanne at her Instagram account, too. I'm Pat Sloan. We'll see you next week. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.